comes from Galatians chapter 5, verses 13 to 26. Galatians chapter 5, verses, 26, verses 13 to 26. It reads, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh, but rather serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with one another, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the spirit are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions and factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. When uh, some of us, I'm sure, myself included, when we were young, we used to admire the, the, the freedom of the people who, who live on the streets. We used to think that they, they have no... Um, no one telling them what to do. They have freedom to play as long as they want. Don't have to go to school. The freedom to do what they enjoy to do and not have to do anything that they don't want to do. They have the freedom to sleep whenever they want. They have freedom to go wherever they want to go. The situation is actually so bad. My family, that's how, that my, my, my brother and I once played that we were going to run away after being disciplined, having done something. But came back later on in the day. Because this, the, being outside of the law, outside of supervision, you think that you are going to have all the freedom that you can have. But as you get older, you realize that those who are outside of supervision not necessarily free. That there are dangers 
that even though they are free from supervision of their parents, but there are dangers that are out there on the street. That being called to live in a certain way at home is not imprisonment, as you sometimes compare it as a child. But rather, within the guidance and love, you are called to live a certain way. You are, prote- you are given these guidances, these parameters for your good, so that you grow older. You are told not to stick things onto the, the, light so- uh, the, the, the electric sockets, so that you don't get electrocuted. You are told not to play uh, on, on high ground and climb trees, so that you don't break your arm. You are told to do these things. You are sort of confined, quote-unquote, in order that you may have the freedom to grow up and be a productive member of a society. We have been learning from the book of Galatians that the church in Galatia wanted to go back to the law. After Christ had saved them, They wanted to go back to the law to obey those Jewish rules and regulations. And Paul had been urging them, saying that if you go back to this law, you are nullifying everything that Christ did. Because you cannot keep the whole law in the first place. But but in addition to that, you are imprisoning yourself. You are going back to that which you cannot do. When Christ, through his death, has given you freedom. He has said all you have to do to be accepted into God's family is to put your faith in Christ. You don't have to keep certain festivals. You don't, uh, men don't have to be circumcised. You don't have to do everything that the Israelites were doing. All you have to do, because the Old Testament was pointing to Christ. Now that Christ has come, put your faith in him. That's what you've been learning in chapters 1 to chapter 5. Now in the second part of chapter 5, He wants us to know that even though we have been saved from the law, even though we are no longer living under those rules and regulations, we are now living under Christ. Living under Christ does not mean that you just do what you want to do. That even though you have been given freedom, you are to use the freedom that you have been given to love one another. That's the first thing we see there. That yes, you have been free, but you have been freed to love one another. Look with me at verses 13 to 15. It says, You, my brothers and sisters, you are called to be free. You, my brothers and sisters, you are called to be free from the law. You are called to not uh, uh, put yourself under the yoke of circumcision. 
Do not think of yourself as the, uh, the new Israel. You are called to be free in Christ. You are called to put your faith in him. Now you can imagine those who are hearing this, those who are, advertising, who are advocating for um, circumcision for the non-Jews. As they hear this from Paul, probably thinking to themselves, Paul is telling these people that they are free from the law. Now they're just going to do what they want to do. They're going to think that there's no ethical standard for being a believer. But that is not the case at all, as you see in the second part of verse 13. But rather, do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you'll be destroyed by each other. So therefore he's saying to them, yes, you, have been, you are free in Christ. Yes, you are only called to uh, put your faith in him. Yes, you have been adopted into this family that you can call out Abba Father as a child of God. Yes, you, to sort of reverse the illustration that I gave earlier on, you who were outside there as a street kid, you have been called into this family. But there's a way to live in this family, in this freedom, in this adoption, there's a way to live. And what is that way? It is to love one another. It is to serve one another. It is to not use the freedom, the adoption that you have in Christ to indulge the flesh. The flesh is that is the body or yourself. You are not caused to be freed from the law so that you no longer listen to God. No. You are called to be freed from the law so that you may live as a child of God, not indulging your sinful nature, but rather loving those around you with all your heart and your mind and your soul. He is now speaking to all of them. He knows that there's a fight ha uh, happening here in chapter 4. Um, and in chapter 3, those Judaizers. He knows that there's a conflict. He had, he, he had that conflict himself with Peter when he called Peter out. He has called them out in chapter 3 and called them foolish for returning back to the law. He says, if you continue in that path, you're going to destroy one another. But the freedom that you have in Christ is a freedom to love one another. Notice the, the sequence of that. It may sound like uh, verse 13 is a contradiction of what you have heard. 
So what, you, what does Paul mean? That you are now free from law, and now you are called to obey the law, the, the command, that is summed up in that verse there, in verses, 15, in verses 14. Love your neighbor as yourself. But that is not a contradiction. Because he has said to them, now that you have received the freedom, that freedom you've received through faith in Christ, you are now called to a life of obedience, of humbly loving one another. That's different from saying that in order to be adopted into God's family, you have to obey this law. In order to be accepted, loved, in order that God can weigh up everything that you did and accept you because you have obeyed more than you have disobeyed. That's not the case. But rather, he's saying that you people who have been adopted, loved, accepted by God, who have been called into a relationship through faith in Christ, says you who is already inside the family, you are called to love one another. You are called to obey the law of love. You are called to live in such a way that you're not bickering, fighting with each other. You are not doing these things to be accepted into God's family. Like the, the, the guys who are advocating for circumcision are doing. You are doing these things because you have been accepted into the family of God. Because you have been chosen by God, adopted into his family. Because you have put your faith in God. And in John, you have been made anew. You are now a new person. You no longer live as you used to. You no longer do what you want to do. But you live as a member of this family. And the members of the family love one another. He continues here, Paul says, Yes, you have been given freedom to love one another. But he says, you have been, Secondly, you have been given freedom to walk by the Spirit. Verses 16 to 24. Look at me, verses 16 and, and, uh, uh, to 18. It says, so I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other. So that you are not to do whatever you want, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. It says, therefore, now that you have been accepted into God's family, loved by him, you are called to walk by the Spirit. You are called to walk in the Spirit, more uh, literally there, the verses would say. You are called to continue in the Spirit, continuously be walking by the Spirit. 
That continuous sense is made more explicit in chapter 3, if you don't mind turning with me. In chapter 3, verse 3. Where he had said to them, after rebuking them for being so foolish in wanting to go back to the law, he says this to them in chapter 3. After beginning by means of the Spirit or by the Spirit on the version you have in front of you, are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? After being drawn, being drawn near to God through the Spirit, after the Spirit of God in you, being used by God to call you to repentance and faith, are you now saying that I'm going to continue by the flesh? The answer should be no. And Paul continues that same argument here in saying that you who has been adopted into God's family, you are called to walk by the Spirit. And the Spirit that is in you is fighting with the flesh. The flesh is simply doing what you want to do at the end of verse 17. Listening to your human desires. Wanting to indulge whatever uh, immoral act, immoral desire that, is you that you have within you. And he says in verse 19 that these acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, so on and so on. And he says in verse 21, I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Because they are not walking as, as the children of God. They are not listening to the Spirit of God that is in them. That was promised by Christ when he left this world. They are not uh, heeding to the reminders from the Word of God through His Spirit that what I'm doing right now is against faith. It's not how a child of God lives. They are not walking according to their new nature. Therefore, they will not inherit the kingdom of God. And notice there that the, the contrast in verse 22. If the flesh is just doing what you want to do, the contrast in verses 22 is that the spirit is doing, is acting according to our new nature. They are called the fruit of the spirit, that they are the results. The, the fruit is the, is the result of something that has been planted, that is growing, that is being nurtured, loved, cared for. The fruit of the spirit, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and on and on. Those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And they live this way now. That part of them has died just as Christ died. 
at the cross. And what has replaced it is a child of God who shows this fruit of the Spirit, who is deeply rooted in faith, who is nurtured by the Word of God, who is encouraged by the community of God, who is loved, cared for by their Father, who is pruned, disciplined when they falter, who, is, who regularly fails and is redirected towards the right path, who is nurtured by the community. Those things, that person who does that, they bear this fruit. They bear this fruit of love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The one who does what they want to do, who ignore the Spirit of God with them, which reminds them of what Christ said, they have no part in the kingdom of God. Again, in chapter 3, verse 3, it says, After beginning by the Spirit, are you now going to try and finish by means of the flesh? Are you now going to follow your own desires after being drawn, being drawn near to God by Him through His Spirit? And then lastly, Paul says in verses 25-26, not only are you to walk by the Spirit, but you are to keep up with the Spirit. You are to keep in step with Him. With him. This is 25. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying, envying one another. The image that you've been given there is that the person who has been given the Spirit in them <coughs> excuse me, is now walking with the Spirit in them but they are sort of like a child with a parent. They have the parent's DNA, some inclinations of the parents. But they are immature, they're young, they're easily distracted. And as a parent walks, sometimes they fall behind and sometimes they go to the side, they go to the left and to the right. Paul says, now that you have been brought into God's family by the Spirit, now that you live by the Spirit, keep in step with Him. That is, do what the Spirit prompts you to do. Do what God, who is the Spirit, calls you to do. Act like Him.
behave as one who has been adopted into God's family. There should not be a contradiction between the way that you live and the character of God. There should not be a misalignment between your treatment of other people, for instance, and God's treatment of people. His hatred for sin should be your hatred for sin. His compassion should be your compassion. His patience should be your patience. If we look back at what we saw about what the fruit of the Spirit is, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, that's who God is. One who is slow to anger. One who bears with our sins. The one who shows his kindness towards us by sending his son into the world while we are still sinners to die for us that we may have life. One who shows his forbearance with us as he forgives us again and again when we confess our sins to him. Even though we are undeserving of his love. One who adopts us into his family. That we may have peace everlasting. We are quite simply here in these last two verses of this section. Calls to live like God. Calls to, uh, to, to, to emulate him. To show this fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of God, indicators that we are part of his family. That's what Paul is calling us to here. Saying that now that you belong to this family, act like a member of this family. Keep in step with the Spirit of God. Be patient as he is, uh, he is patient. Be forbearing as he is forbe- forbearing. And he turns to them and says, this fighting that is happening among you, others trying to, de- to, to deceive you and lead you astray, that's not how the people of God live. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. That's not how people of God live. The people of God are forbearing, they are loving, patient, joyful with one another. So therefore he's calling them to love one another in that way. To love one another as God has loved them. To love one another as God loves, as, as, or, or more explicitly, as the Spirit loves. This is a challenge to us, brothers and sisters. A challenge that those who have been freed from the clashes of the law, 
and our calls to a, I would say, a bigger standard. And now we are called to be like God to one another. To display the kindness of God towards one another. The forbearance of God, the patience of God, the compassion of God towards one another. What this means, therefore, is that as we pray for one another uh, on Sundays, as we have a church with one another during tea and coffee, that it may be that when a person comes to you and confesses that they may be struggling with, with something, that it is insufficient to merely say, oh, I'm going, I'm going to pray for you. Yes, you should pray for them. But rather you should show the kindness of God towards them by finding ways in which you can somehow be an answer to prayer to that person. You cannot save them. You cannot. None of us can. But there are things that we can do. Just as we are not called to be perfect people, but we are called to be impatient, to be patient with one another, to, for, to, to be forbearing with one another. You are called to be loving towards one another. You are called that those of us who are struggling, that when they look at us and look at, and, and, uh, and look at God, that they see someone who is walking in step with the Spirit of God. But they don't see a contrast between a loving Father whom you proclaim and the people whom they are interacting with. Which is what was happening with the, um, the church in Galatia. Let us now pray to God and ask for his help uh, with that. Heavenly Father, we praise you that you have given us your spirit that through him we are empowered to love one another deeply from the heart. We pray, Lord, that you would help us that you would help us to keep in step with the Spirit. That you would help us to live as your children. That your compassion, your loving kindness would be seen among us in our relationships with one another. Help us, Lord, to be a church that when those who do not believe come, to visit, that they do not see a contradiction between your character and our character, that they do not see a contradiction between the love that we are speaking about and the love that we are showing. Help us, Lord, transform us and make us more like your Son through your Spirit. We ask and we pray all of these things. Amen. Please let us stand.
We're going to sing one song together. And thereafter, I'll come up and we will do uh, the prayers for the uh, communion that you're going to share together. Please stand and we'll sing one song.